Hello, this is Beyond the Bell with WASTA, Wisconsin's hub for professional development for anyone working in out-of-school time programs and youth-serving organizations. It's our mission to help you provide the highest quality care to children and their families. If you wish you had an extra tool going into programming to help guide behaviors in a productive way, wish you knew more about how to provide the whole family with support, or you want to enhance your own well-being, then this is the home for you. We know what it's like to feel like you never have enough time or resources to meet everyone's needs, and we're here to support you through the challenges. Stay tuned as we explore new ideas and strategies that you can use right away. I'm Rachel Sharon, Health Educator with Marshfield Clinic Health System Center for Community Health Advancement and Wisconsin Out-of-School Time Alliance. We're excited you're listening today to our conversation with licensed family therapist Tiffany Kula. Tiffany is a licensed marriage and family therapist who's been working with children and families for over 20 years. She works with families, couples, and individuals to help them find healthier and effective ways to communicate and build trust and empathy amongst their family members. She's joining us today to talk about how story and characters can help kids cope. So anyone who's worked with kids, has kids, or was a kid, so everyone, understands that stories can be powerful learning tools. From the nursery rhymes of the old to the characters of Inside Out, humans respond to stories and characters can help us understand what we're going through. Can you talk to us about some of the ways that you use story and character to help get kids through tough situations to regulate and learn those really important social-emotional learning skills? Yeah. So I think stories is a great way to introduce topics or themes with kids because you just said it beautifully that people can relate to it. So typically I do one with anger. I do a paper bag and it's and I call it the anger monster. So I will tell a story. I'll name the bag their name, right? Because it's their anger and they get to color the paper bag anything they want so they can Again, whatever their anger looks like. So it's got scary teeth, if it's red, if it is big or if it's small, they name it. And then we go into that. This is going to teach them how to do breathing as well. So we explore the story in regards to them as an angry person and what's what's the sensations and feelings that are going on in their bodies. And then they talk about what has made them upset. I encourage them to identify and label their emotions. So then when I bring the paper bag in, we actually talk about breathing. So basically I have the kid will put the paper bag after they decorated and made it their own, put it to their mouth and then um, start to take some deep breaths. So we breathe in through your nose and then out through our mouth. And we, I have them really focus on how the bag fills in and how it um, exhales out and deflates. This demonstrates in regards to how sometimes when we breathe, how it sounds and how it feels in ourselves. And then when we are upset, how sometimes we breathe really heavy, right? So I practice it with them so they get to see it. And then we talk about how did it make them feel afterwards after they took their deep breaths and on how they inhaled and exhaled. So with teens, I do a little bit different. Actually, I will have them write out their feelings and describe the, the emotions so they have that. And then we talk about those emotions separately. So again, role-playing comes with in regards to doing storytelling too as well. We role-play a scenario and then we encounter the situation that triggered that anger with that person. And again, encouraging them to recognize the anger and practicing the paper bag technique to regulate those emotions. And then it actually helps reinforce those positive behaviors and is another tool for them in their tool belt. And then another one I do is it's called the anger jar. So 
Um, with the younger kids, obviously, I will have them write in regards to how they're feeling, what they're angry about, and I have them throw those pieces of paper into the jar. And so it's really symbolic in regards to saying, like, I'm letting go of this anger. I'm putting it in here, and sometimes I'll have them shake it up, and then they're like, oh, that's how we feel sometimes when we have anger. We're all bottled up, and we don't know what to do. And so then we open the lid, and we're like, okay, we're letting it go too as well. That seems to be really helpful as well. But you can make stories out of it and name it anything you want, and then share it the way you want to. I think these are such powerful examples because it really helps break down a really complicated scenario, Mm -hmm. right? Like when we're angry, sometimes we don't even know that's what we're experiencing. So you're having them slow down, say like, what are they feeling in their body when that's happening? Mm -hmm. Walking through that, but it's in a non-confrontational way. Like no one's in trouble. You're not having to solve anything Mm -hmm. right away. It's just that processing. Then they're owning their story, which is so powerful. And then there's even these regulation tools that Mm -hmm. are built right into it. And it's not complicated or hard to remember. And it doesn't cost a lot to get a paper bag. Like these are all really doable things. for working with kids. And when you do it in a group setting too, it's really nice because the other kids get to see it too. And so they all know that they're not alone in regards to how they're anger because anger is a normal response is how we deal with it. And so really having, teaching them how to manage their emotions and, you know, regulation and um, is important. And then just showing them how important that social and emotional skills that we're we're teaching them with that. Yeah. So anger is definitely a big one. What about, do you have an example for those times where we really need kids to regulate quickly so we can help them problem solve? Do you have an example of that one? Yeah, so there's a perfect example of someone brought it to my attention. The Tucker Turtle takes time to tuck and think. I love this. I think this is really good and... (laughs) I think all ages need to know this, even adults sometimes. So let me just describe the premises on this, right? Tucker, a turtle, is a character to the child, which explains in regards to various challenges and special techniques to help him to think before I'm acting. So when Tucker thinks, the strategy is really about helping him to kind of be in his shell, to encourage him to tuck his hands and feet in, and then just to be able to be in that moment, right? Which again, this is a great behavioral tool for whether you're after school or after school programming or at home. Then Tucker teaches us how to pause in that moment. So when he's in his shell, he's pausing. So it's us taking those deep breaths that we talk about so much and just really slowing down our responses so we can calm our mind and body. And then the think part comes into play is when we're tucked in, we get to think about the situation. We get to talk about the problem that we're facing. And then we get to kind of encourage them to make that decision um, in regards to what options consequences and possible solutions that can come about. And then we teach them to untuck and act, right? So then after they have time to think, so again, we have to remember that our time is different than children's time or teen time. So it's really being really conscious of that as well. So when they're able to to untuck their hands and feet, encourage them to talk about the solutions and the responses that they're going to do that's going to be appropriate into the setting that they're in. Emphasize that they have the power to make their own decisions. And that's why I think this is really a really good uh, tool. Tucker turtle takes time to tuck and think. I think that's great. (laughs) And then the other last part I really like about this too is you get to reflect and discuss things, you know, as whether it's a peer or a mentor or adult or a parent or a guardian, you get to really ask like, how did you feel when you paused and thought and about the problem or what did you learn from taking time to think before acting? Because that's the huge part about it is that I think a lot of kids are struggling with their own solutions to their own problems. 
And then on top of it, problem-solving skills that they learn and the ability to make their thoughtful decisions in a challenging situation. Because when we're in that moment, it's really hard to slow down. But this is, I think, a very clear cut and to the point and very easy to do uh, technique. I think this is another really helpful example because I think as caregivers, it's so tempting to just want to fix things right away. Like I can't even count the times I've said to my own kids, like, it's okay, it's okay. Like Mm -hmm. you just want to make things better. Mm -hmm. But you said it, I think several times, like this allows you and the kids to just be in the moment. Mm -hmm. So like, you're not fixing it right away. You're not necessarily getting rid of that feeling or whatever is coming up. You're just being with it. And that's a skill that goes into their lifetime with them. And then, like you said, from there, you can problem solve, but it doesn't have to all be on the caregiver. So Mm -hmm. I'm imagining a program where there's 40 kids and only a few adults, how much pressure that takes off the caregivers involved, the staff involved, because the kids are coming up with their own solutions when you can get them to that regulated point. And they get to own it then, right? And then if their thought process is probably not aligned to what program looks like or they're still angry, it's a conversation. So to understand their thought process and then be able to maybe have deeper conversations or now know how to refer, right, if we need to. So Absolutely. It gives that common language. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned this before, like also making things okay mm-hmm. for everyone to be experiencing these things, like normalizing mm-hmm. things. So what's another character that helps normalize reactions to like stress or trauma? Who's a good character that sometimes makes mistakes, but we can use those as like a model for kids to say it's okay to make mistakes and this is how you deal with it. Yeah. So I use the Incredible Hulk. I think it's it's really helpful because it's a Marvel character, right? Everyone kind of knows the superhero and whether you're old or young, it helps normalize those reactions of to stress and trauma um, through this character. So I usually do is... I learned a long time ago that the Hulk was so angry because he was a abused child, you know, and so he challenged, his challenge was to controlling his anger and what that looked like and, you know, his devastation after his uproar and then looking at it and having that shame and guilt that comes with that. It's really important to talk to, like, if you feel like you're the Hulk, what does that look like today, right? And how do we manage and how do we express our emotions in a different way so we don't have to go through that cycle of guilt and shame and, and being upset that you've uprooted the whether it's a classroom or your friendships or yourself because nobody likes to be upset right it's uh, it's an intense emotion so I think the Incredible Hulk is one that stands out the most because you talk about you know coping skills with the Incredible Hulk Um, how do you control your anger and what are some better ways to work through it what are some healthy coping skills whether it's you know deep breathing meditation could be yoga it could be even going outside and just running around, right? I'm just so frustrated. I can't think clearly, but I can just run, right? In a safe space, obviously. And then again, that self-acceptance and forgiveness of being upset and whatever that situation looked like. And at the end of the day, we all make mistakes. And how do we how do we bounce back from that? Yeah. Yeah. What a good example for like completing that stress response. And I'm not a Marvel fan myself, but mm-hmm. I still know who the Hulk is. Like yeah. he's so iconic and you can like feel and see him like getting bigger and tensing up when he's getting upset. And mm-hmm. so like that's a feeling everybody can relate mm-hmm. to in their body and kind of reference in those situations. So as we kind of wrap up here, Tiffany, how else, like anything else you would recommend mm-hmm. how you use character or story to empower kids? 
Yeah, I think, you know, when I read books and there's so many books out there, you know, in regards to telling different stories or characters, I think the biggest things is when you are choosing to do this, which is a useful tool, is making sure we represent diversity in it in regards to making sure it reflects the diversity of the background of the population you're working with, cultures, abilities, and identities, right? I think it's important to empower. So and fostering the sense of belonging and self-worth, because a lot of times you want to be part of the story that you can identify with, right? And kids like to see themselves in the stories, right? They're like, yeah, that's me. That's me, right? Also, any stories that can help overcoming challenges. That's another thing, too, is any setbacks or adversity or demonstrating any kind of resiliency. Because that determination of overcoming those things is huge in regards to problem solving later. Because kids kind of sometimes remember songs or stories more likely than a lecture they just heard or a presentation. (laughs) So they'll remember that story. Positive role modeling is another thing in regards to when we're looking at introducing characters to embody positive values and qualities of kindness, compassion, bravery, empathy. That just heightens their and highlights their um, the actions to choose to promote positive change and encouraging people to emulate that in their lives. I think we kind of talked about problem solving and critical thinking, which is so helpful in regards to long-term problem solving and encouraging people to be able to discuss alternative solutions that might fit one situation, but not another one. So I think in another one too, is when we look at story time, I think it's really important to anything inspiring goals and dreams. I think that's kind of gives a little bit of um, aspiration to our own interests and um, dedication to our values of what we want to see in our kids that we work with. So Yeah, and really what you're talking about here is just intention. Mm -hmm. So we can use these characters like in a heated moment when we need to intervene, like we kind of talked about for those first couple questions, Mm -hmm. but story can be a part of our programming as we go, and it's a way to make sure kids feel seen and heard Mm -hmm. and how how therapeutic or healing that can be. And then just even reflecting all these different things that they go through as kids as they develop and things like that can be a huge support to them. Yeah, when I worked with after-school programming, when we saw like a theme or something that came up, we did a lot of conversations, but around story time or role playing. So kids would get it because, you know, meeting them where they're at and what the situation's going on, it's addressing it, right? And then, you know, sometimes it's hard to have conversations about certain things, but if we're not having them, then who is? Yeah. And I think when you think back to your own childhood experience, I'm guessing people, some of their memories that they think of first involve story like Mm -hmm. that. You might not remember everything from your second grade experience, but if you were in the school play, you remember that story and and being up in front and learning those things and articulating those things for others. And how that made you feel, right? Yeah. When you heard it. Absolutely. So thank you so much, Tiffany, for being here again with us today. And thank you all for diving into this topic. We hope you leave today with a few more tools in your toolbox. Be sure to visit our website and sign up for our emails where we share information about all of our upcoming professional development opportunities. 